Well, hey everyone, welcome back to Hello Church. I'm Justin Trapp. We are in Season 3, Episode 7. And Wade, today we're going to be talking about how to connect with unbelievers. Yeah, so this season is all about the church service. There are a lot of ways to be the church. A great opportunity is the Sunday morning service. It's a big part of what you do. Not everything you do, but a big part of it. So we're discussing almost every single aspect of the Sunday morning service. So we've gone through... Uh, we, we talked about volunteers, uh, we've talked about worship music, but today, yeah, we're connecting with unbelievers. How do we do that in our worship service? And not just the sermon, but really kind of every aspect of uh, this connection point. People come to your church, they're new, they have not been to church in a while, maybe they're not Christians. How do you connect with those individuals? Yeah, so we have some do's and don'ts, and I would say this is a fairly straightforward episode. Mm-hmm sort of uh, we have a a list to go through and maybe a story or two maybe a story or two i think the big the big point and the overarching theme is just to be intentional and you might be saying to yourself well we don't really don't have unbelievers in our service we don't have a lot of new people i still think that you should follow these points and the reason being is because you really kind of attract what you openly communicate so if you never address unbelievers or your services are really just geared towards believers insider language when you're preaching you only talk about uh, parts of the bible or you talk about parts of the bible in a way that only believers can kind of understand yeah well then uh, people are going to be a little uncomfortable bringing other individuals who are guests and then if you do have a guest they just don't really understand what's going on and as a result maybe they don't come back yeah i think we've been guilty all of us right of using not just insider language but christianese what we call quote unquote mm-hmm. christianese language as well and and someone who's not a believer and maybe they don't have a church background and they're coming in for the first time they already feel somewhat lost or awkward mm-hmm. and if there's lots of insider language or christianese being thrown around it just makes them feel even more lost and so mm-hmm. i think it's important that when you're talking, when you're uh, maybe you're in the middle of a sermon, it might be helpful. Maybe it's not helpful to everybody in the room, but it is helpful to the unbeliever or the per- person that's new to church for you to slow down a little bit and say, "Hey, listen, we're we're in the book of Ephesians, right?" And you to sort of extrapolate that for a few moments. That might actually bring more dimension to what you the rest of your sermon, mm-hmm. but also a, a little bit clear understanding, so they just don't feel like they're they're lost the entire time. Another thing is, you know. <laughs> you don't want to ask them to give you all of their information. And I think this kind of is, this goes for the unbeliever or the, mm. the people that are just new to your church yeah, in general. Yeah, they might, they might be transitioning from a new area, from a new church, they're visiting, yet don't ask for all of their information Goodness at gracious. once. How many of you have gone to a website, right, and they offer you like a free coupon? Mm-hmm. A lot of times what they do is they just ask you for an email address, maybe your first name. Yeah, that's what that's what we do that's for Ministry common. Pass. Yeah, so whenever uh, we give away free sermon series or free resources for Ministry Pass and Seminary, we we usually do first name, maybe last name sometimes, but email address, and that's it. Yeah, e- even if even if it's a trusted brand, like let, we're all familiar with the Bed Bath and Beyond, like twenty five percent off coupon, right? Yeah, uh, I know that because my wife has used it a lot. If I went to Bed Bath and Beyond and they offered me the twenty five percent off coupon and they asked for my name and email address, fine. Mm-hmm. But if they start asking for my kids' names and my kids' ages, yeah, 
and marital status and all that, I'm like, okay, I don't need the coupon that bad. But yeah. for some reason, churches, we feel like it's okay to like solicit all this information at the very beginning. Yeah. Whether you're an unbeliever or you're just a, a family transitioning, mm-hmm. I think this is sort of besides the point uh, of the unbeliever episode, but it just let's let's be more disciplined in our communications yeah and even being careful i know some connection cards on the connection card it says uh it asks about your relationship with christ and it's like new believer not a believer that can be kind of personal for some people they might not want to fill that out so be careful i think the one exception justin is when you are checking your kids into children's church yeah uh there's this sense that we're asking for information for security reasons. Yeah. So we're asking about known allergies, we're asking their name, their ages, uh, maybe even your phone number so they can text you during service. We will give people that information yeah. because it's for their good. It's for yes. the, the good of our kids. Um, but it's just a card, uh, maybe something small is great. And, and we, maybe we should just talk briefly about one of our, our new properties at Ministry Pass it's called Front Door. Yep. And at Front Door, we give you an opportunity to build campaigns, online email campaigns. You can post these on your Facebook, but they're essentially like, hey, do you want a resource uh, for with Bible stories for your kids? Or do you want a resource on loneliness or identity? And they give uh, your church their email and it automatically triggers that resource being sent out. So what you could even do is just say, hey, like we wanna give you this free resource, just put in your email address and we'll send it to you. Something kind of simple like that, even if it's not online, but you can put it into front door or you send them a link somehow, uh, that could be kind of helpful. But yeah, don't ask for social security numbers and all that. <laughs> first. I, I think another thing that is important is not to ignore the the sort of um, questions about faith during mm-hmm. your sermon, like as it relates to your sermon, don't don't ignore the questions people have about about faith. Don't ignore the doubts that people are, might be expressing during yeah. your sermon. I think two guys that do a really great job, of sort of acknowledging the theological or elephant in the room, or uh, just the uh, addressing the unbeliever just head on in a way that's just very tactful and. Uh, very eloquent is Andy Stanley and Timothy Keller. If you listen to their sermons, I feel like they just do a a wonderful job of saying, hey, listen, maybe you're here and and you grew up atheist. And so, you know, this doesn't mean the same for you. Let me, let me try to uh, share something that might be helpful. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is a book that Timothy Keller wrote called The Reason for God. And he actually does a, a, a DVD series or it's a small group series where they record him talking to a bunch of unbelievers. Yeah. And if you're a pastor or you teach regularly, I would highly encourage you to look this up. I think it's on Amazon. You can buy the DVD and watch that. That is a, a just a perfect example of how to wade through some of the, the doubts and the skepticism of people that are unbelievers, but from a Christian perspective. Yeah, and I, it's funny because I was... Uh, listening to Keller years ago, and he he preached a passage where it talked about the demonic, mm. and instead of just reading that through and saying, "Yeah, these these supernatural powers will sometimes attack us; they'll try to they'll attempt to thwart God's plan in our life," um, he basically said, "Hey, like this might be kind of weird for you to believe, but I want you to think about this." And I thought that was a great example. I've used. A similar approach whenever I was preaching is, hey, like in our world, 
in our culture, we kind of scoff at the idea of the supernatural. Yeah. But here's some things to think about. And what you're doing is you're acknowledging those doubts, those hesitations. You're addressing those as well. And you're opening up people to what the Bible is saying. And that's a, that's a really great way to do that. Uh, another one, Justin, is uh, don't assume everyone knows every story you're referencing. Uh, and, and I'm a big proponent of expository preaching. You're really kind of honing in on a passage, and sometimes you do reference other passages and other stories, but you have to be careful when you're jumping from scripture to scripture to scripture, because if someone is unfamiliar with the story you jumped to, it can be hard for them to track. And yeah, you then, remember how Elisha <laughs> called out a bear and, and mauled all those kids? Hey, remember... And they're like, no, I, do, I don't remember. That sounds terrible. That sounds horrible. You, you've just kind of lost your audience. So yeah. be very careful uh, and explain the passages you're talking about. If you're going to reference Abraham, you need to give yourself time to to explore that. And that's good for people who are unbelievers, but at the same time, it's also good for people who've been in church for a while who may not be familiar with that passage or may have forgotten the context of yeah. that passage. Another thing, if if you're saying, "Hey, Justin, wait, like we don't we live in a small town, small community. Our church is what it is. We're not trying to reach the unbelievers because there's not many people left in our town. Like, I get it, right? But if, if you say, hey, we, we want, our, our church wants to be intentional about reaching the unbeliever, wants to be intentional about reaching the new families in our community, then I think you have to be really disciplined then on how you communicate when they show up. You, you have to cr- almost create an environment, Wade. Mm-hmm. Create an environment where the people in your church feel like it's safe or it's okay to invite their unbelieving friends, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this uh, saying you, you want to project what you want to attract, right? And I've shared this story before, but I, when I was a photographer uh, back in the day, I hired a photography consultant. He's a real popular guy here in Houston. And he went to my website and he was like, listen, um, I'm confused on what photographer, what type of photographer you want to be because you have some wedding photos and then you have photos of UFC fighters. And these are very far separate worlds, right? So what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I want to shoot sports commercial photography. He's like, all right, well then get rid of the wedding stuff. Project what you want to attract. If you want to get more commercial sports uh, photography jobs, then that's all you need to highlight. The same is true, right? If you want to attract unbelievers, you have to have a service that really invites them in, that is a safe space for them. I'll give you a personal story. One time, uh, you know, I played basketball every day with the kid down the street. His name was Jared from eighth grade, seventh grade through ninth grade, probably. We played basketball every single day, whether it was a school day or is in the summer. We played every day. And I would invite him to church. And, um, you know, he, he was sort of hesitant. He would come to some of the basketball nights that we'd have at the church because mm-hmm. naturally, right, we played basketball together. And he was a good basketball player. And I just remember one day or one time our our youth pastor said, hey, listen, we're having this guy come in, and he, I think he's actually a politician now in, oh, in wow. Dallas. Yeah, the guy that, that he brought in. But he was, a, he was like a youth evangelist. He was like, the youth pastor said, this is the night to bring your unbelieving friends. He was like, you need to get your unsafe friends here. We're going to do, what did, you know, the youth group, we did the free pizza thing. The free pizza. Yeah, right. right. We're giving away a prize. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I did. And I'd spent every day with, with Jared for, for years. 
and I was, you know, he knew I was a Christian, and we talked about God every now and then. And so I thought, well, this is the opportunity. The youth pastor said, this is the night that I need to bring my unsaved friend. So yeah. I, I asked Jared, asked him a few times. He finally said, yeah, I'll go. So I was super excited because, you know, this is the night you're supposed to bring in your, your unsaved friends. And that night, you now we grew up in a charismatic movement. Mm-hmm. And that night, the, the speaker did a sermon about the baptism of the Holy Spirit mm. and the speaking in tongues. Mm. And so... He did the service, and there was people falling out or laying on the floor everywhere and lots of speaking in tongues. And I just remember that that was the moment that my relationship with Jared, everything I'd worked towards for for years, for three summers, basically sort of evaporated into thin air. Mm. He was scared to death. Like, he was was so ready to get home. I just remember him sitting in our great Astro van on the way home, just was just wide-eyed, didn't really want to talk, freaked him out, didn't really speak to me for a few weeks. And then our our relationships, like, we slowly stopped playing basketball together every day after that. And I would go to his house and see if he's home. And I could hear him say, you know, I could hear, holler at his mom from upstairs, like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing homework, or whatever the case mm-hmm. was. And I just mm-hmm. remember feeling betrayed by my youth pastor, mm. right? Because I had done everything I was supposed to do. I had been a good witness to this guy. And then they said, hey, bring your unsaved friends. And so I did, and it was a betrayal of trust. And it, it, it really really discouraged me, right, from bringing in the future my unsaved friends because I didn't... I didn't like. I would rather just do you know personal. I would rather just facilitate personal evangelism than try to bring them to a service where they're totally freaked out. So I, I'm a little long-winded on that story, but that story is very personal to me. And so when I see churches that use Christianese or tell people invite your unsaved friends, but then it's not really a service that's meant for unsaved people, it sort of um, it's counter, you know, counterproductive to the work that they've been doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, as as Christians, there are going to be things that we do during our services that people who've never been to church won't quite understand. It doesn't mean we delude sure. our services, totally. But at the same time, adequately communicating what's happening, talking that through during service, and then also realizing, you know, just the 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 biblical process for order for the spiritual gifts, if that's uh, your tradition and understanding what is something for believers in those gatherings and, and what is something for like a, a community worship service on Sunday mornings, just kind of thinking that through. And as I mentioned, I think maybe it's a good way to transition out of this episode is just once again, uh, be intentional. Uh, yeah. Think things through, uh, think through how you communicate, what you do during the service, and when those confusing things come, whether that is communion or baptism or whatever, uh, just being able to talk about that openly and letting people know what steps they need to take and uh, how to kind of understand what you're doing in that moment. I think we assume a lot. This is the final thing I'll say on it. Uh, We assume so much, right? Especially if you've grown up in church, you've been a pastor for 20 years. You've been, you're a professional at church services, right? You've been, you've done, baptized hundreds of people. Mm -hmm. You've been to thousands of services. And this stuff is like second nature. You could literally go through a church service or facilitate a church service with your eyes closed, right? And blindfolded. Like we're just professionals at this. And I think we just have to be really disciplined and not assume that everybody in the room understands what's happening. They don't understand what's going on. They have doubts. They have questions, and we should 
we should address those questions. We should at least, maybe you don't have to address every question, but you at least acknowledge the skeptics in the room, the people who are not saved, the people that are new to church, at least acknowledge them and and say, hey, listen, I, I know that maybe you didn't grow up in church, and so this passage is a little difficult to understand. Let me let me pause for a moment and just share a little backstory on the author. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me let me tell you a little bit about Paul, who wrote several books in the New Testament. You know, you could go through that. So, um, yeah, I love what Wade said. Be intentional, and I and I'm saying be intentional and don't assume um, anything really about the people in your service. Yeah, thanks so much for yeah. listening to this episode or watching this episode. Next week we've got a really good. Uh, discussion that we'll 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 kind of have uh, about the ordinances or sacraments of the church yeah we're talking about communion we're talking about baptism how to kind of think through that in your services so it's going to be really good make sure to leave us a comment on youtube or to rate and review us on itunes or on spotify and if you have any uh, stories we'd love to hear them and you can leave us a comment on youtube or find us on twitter or uh, Instagram, wherever everybody is, be real, I'm not sure. Uh, And you can let us know what you thought of the episode and perhaps give us some advice on what you think about when you're trying to craft a service that unchurched people are are welcome to. Yeah, thank you guys.